Now then, I don't know why they give me a microphone. They're going to be sorry before the night is over. Is it? Uh, at Forest Park in Valdosta, where I come from, they won't let me have a microphone. They said, I'm just too loud. <laughs> it is a joy to be with you this evening. I come to you uh, on behalf of the Forest Park Church in Valdosta, Georgia, where I work with the Latin American Missions. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Latin American Missions in general, but before we end this evening, we're going to kind of move off into a program that's part of uh, Latin American Mission called Yes To. You see, every year in, in February, the last weekend in February, the church at Valdosta Forest Park Church uh, has a youth rally. We call it Yes Weekend. Yes Weekend's been going on for 34 years. And we have somewhere close to 1,000 in attendance most of the year, somewhere eight to 900 maybe. And young people come from all over the southeast. Well, about in 2009, 10, something like that, the elders approached me. I was serving as the youth minister at Forest Park. And they asked me if I'd move from the youth minister's position into a youth program designed in our Latin America work called Yes Too. And I, we thought about it, we talked about it, we prayed about it. And one of the things that we wanted to do is make the program where it would grow and spread out to many congregations going into many different countries. Well, when I was a kid, my dad used to take me on home Bible studies. Now, I don't know if any of you remember, but do you remember the Jewel Miller film strips? You remember those? In the, in the early days, you had a record and you had a film strip projector. Well, that record would make a, a sound like a ding, and somebody had to advance the slide for it to show the next picture. That was my job. As a little kid, I would sit there while Dad was doing the home Bible study, and I would listen for the ding, <laughs> yeah, and I would advance that slide. Well, the more I listened to that presentation, the more it kind of just sunk in. Well, when the elders asked me to, to work with Yes Too uh, in a youth program, I said, we want to start an on-the-job training program. We want to start teaching our young people how to teach the gospel. As we take elders and deacons and Bible class teachers uh, and qualified teachers to go into Latin America, we want to pair them with our young people and get them to show our young people how to teach. And we want to take elders' wives and deacons' wives and preachers' wives and mamas that are qualified teachers to go with us and to teach our young ladies how to teach Bible classes in, in the field, teach VBS classes in public school and also in the church building during the daytime when the men are out door knocking. And so that's what Yes Too is designed for. It's designed to teach the children, the young people of the United States, how to teach the gospel while we're doing it in Latin America. Somebody says, why do you take them to Latin America to train them? Have you been door knocking lately? We go door knocking in the United States, and, and sometimes we have a little success, right? Maybe a little. I won't knock it completely. But when you go door knocking in the United States, you find these answers. Uh, I don't have time. I'm busy right now. Uh, I, I've got something to do. I'm really not interested. Uh, I, this was one of my favorites, I guess. If I have a favorite, 
get off my porch. You know, we hear a lot of that in the United States. But when we take our young people to Central and South America, 98% of the houses that we go to say, please come in. Would you take this chair this, and sit here? Let me get my Bible. Can you stay longer? Can you come back tomorrow? And so therefore, we can go into Central and South America and we can teach in six days more material to our young people than I can in six years in the United States by giving them on-the-job training. So we take them into Latin America and we train them how to teach while we are teaching the lost and building up the congregations of Latin America. Let's get started. Did it that worked? Okay. Latin American missions. We call it LAM for short. We've been working in the neighboring countries to the south since 1958. 61 years later, 11 countries, and we have only just begun. We began in 1958 in, in Panama with Brother Rob by Bryson, and you can see the countries and the different years that we started there. But what that represents is 200 million lost souls who are looking for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're given an opportunity, and we've got a blessing to be able to go into these countries. What our main interest in Latin America missions is, our main focus, is to train the native man to preach the gospel. You see, you take this South Georgia boy here with this southern accent, and you put him in Central America, and he's got to learn how to speak Spanish. You've got to learn how to drink the water and eat the food. Uh, we're going to be there a while. And not only that, they're going to laugh at me when I get this southern accent mixed in with the Spanish vocabulary. Right? But I can take the native man. We can put him in our school for two years, and he can learn how to teach the gospel. And his wife can learn how to teach in Bible classes and ladies' classes. So we're training the man and the woman how to teach the gospel to the local congregation. And we can do that in a two-year program there in our school. So our number one objective is to train the native man. We do training of native preachers. We also work with training or, or the native preacher support uh, as we're never, we never guarantee uh, a man when he graduates from school that he will have support, but we try the best we can to kind of mix uh, or mingle between him and another congregation to be able to support him in the work if it's all possible. We have a children's home on the, the property there in Panama City. This children's home uh, is uh, run by the, the local church. Uh, in, in our, our program, they're on campus. We do evangelism teams, like the S2, and we'll talk about that in a few moments. And then, of course, we do the medical teams. The Bible School of the Americas, used to be called Pan American Bible School, uh, is now Bible School of the Americas, located on 25 choice acres near the International Airport in Panama City, Panama. I don't know if you think this is very significant, uh, but I do. And that is that the dictator Noriega once owned this property. It was his compound. And so when they put him in prison, the government of Panama sold it to us. 
we have a children's home and a school of preaching on Noriega's property. Isn't that great? That is great to me. And so it's located there in Panama City. Bible School of the Americas. This is the entranceway to our campus where we have classrooms and office space there uh, available for the students to uh, learn and also to go study in the, in the um, library we have. We have teachers' apartments where some of our teachers actually live, and we have the dormitories for our students. Now, when a student comes, he comes from several different countries maybe, and he comes with his family and their suitcases full of clothes and whatever things they need, but one thing they don't need is they don't need furniture and pots and pans and all that. They are furnished apartments that they will be living in on our campus for the next two years. So they can come and live there on campus while they're doing their studies uh, on school at the school. Uh, again, we uh, talked about the library and the conference room, and then there's a congregation that actually meets on this campus in our building there. Uh, they meet uh, uh, there as a congregation, but also this building serves as the auditorium for the school. So graduations and these kind of meetings will be taking place in our building there. So that's pretty neat too. Currently, we have 14 students that are involved with our school. Six of them graduated just in December of 2019. Eight of them will be graduating next December, and about eight or nine are coming in uh, probably actually right now. Uh, and so that's what's going on. Our student body just continuously rotates every two years. With 12 employees, that includes the teachers, the administration, the security, the maintenance. These are all employees of the school. This school budget runs $26,500 per month. Now, I want you to think about that number just a minute. $26,500 a month. How many members have you got here? About 200. Forest Park is about 350. Now, you take 350 members at Forest Park, and you have a budget right here just to the school with 26500 You can see pretty quickly that we cannot do this work by ourselves. We have to have other congregations involved with us in order to do this because it's even bigger than what we just said. It's more than this. Let's keep going. Then we have the children's home that's located on the property. We have 24 children, which are toddlers to, to college age, with 14 employees, full-time, part-time. Includes the house parents, the psychologists, the tutors, the cooks, all of these people working to take care of the kids. Now, the Panama government will take children away from their parents for some of the same reasons that they would take away, parent, uh, parents would be taken away from their kids or kids taken away from the parents in the United States. For abuse, for neglect for drugs, for alcoholism, whatever it might be. So sometimes children have to be taken away from parents when they're not being cared for. Well, the government of Panama then puts them in our home. One of the things they don't do is when they put them in our home is they don't finance it. That comes from the Lord's church. We're doing this, the Lord's church. And we're taking these kids and we're, this is a home. We're raising them just like they would be raised in our own personal homes, just like I raised my kids. They have a mama and daddy there. They have somebody that's taking care of them and, and going to check on them with the schools and, 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 and helping them to, to attend public school. 
So they are taken care of. But when they came there, they were not being fed on a regular basis. They didn't have proper clothing. But we give them three hot meals a day. We put shoes on their feet and clothes on their back. We send them to public school, where, and then we tutor them for the, on their lessons, and we have a Bible class for them every day on campus. So we're get, taking care of the physical needs and the spiritual needs of these children that come to our school. Latin American Missions, then, has to pair up with more congregations in order to achieve these goals that we have. <clears throat> At this time, we have 130 partner congregations that are working with us, 100, 170 individual Christians that are working with us. But we've got the school budget, we've got the children's home budget, and then there's 87 preachers that are being supported in eight different countries. There's rent on church buildings that have to be paid. There's benevolent needs that have to be done. The bill is going up, isn't it? It's always something, isn't it? But there's a lot of good work being done in this. And then when a, a man graduates from school, he goes back into his uh, community and he begins to preach the gospel. And that's when the short-term mission trips come into play. Because we go in and we help this man with the congregation by going out and doing a campaign for him. We door knock, we teach people, we bring them into the congregation. Many times before we're through with that congregation, we have doubled the size of that congregation. They might have 20 members, and before we finish, we might do one campaign. We might do two years in a row. We might be doing three years in a row. But before we finish, they're usually about double in size. And that's really encouraging to them. The Yes Two campaigns stand for Young Evangelistic Servants. And as I said, we are a training program for our young people while we teach the lost of Latin America. You see, youth groups are coming from all over the United States and Canada to come and to work with, with our program. Sometimes they come in uh, individually. Sometimes they come in as families. Sometimes they come in as youth groups. But they come from everywhere to help us into working in this field. We have qualified young men and women who are helping us by translating these are qualified translators who are faithful Christians. We get recommendations from the local congregations that these people are faithful to the Lord's church. And they're coming and they're translating for us. They don't get paid. They volunteer to come. <clears throat> we help them out with their transportation and their food and their housing while they're there. But they don't get a salary. They're doing this because they love the Lord and they're helping us in these campaigns. And then we form a team. All of us come from different directions, individually, families, youth groups, and we come into this location that we're going to be working and we form a team that we're going to be working together to teach the loss in that community. We arrive at the airport. When you walk out the front door, you're wearing your team t-shirt that I mailed you 30 days before the trip. You have your team guidebook that I mailed you. You have your luggage marked with the luggage tags that I gave you. And so you walk out the front door at the airport, and guess who you have to look at? Yes, me. You see, I'm standing there waiting on you to come out with my T-shirt on so I can spot you and you can spot me. You see, safety is very high on our priority list. We want to make sure our young people are taken care of. 
So before the trip even begins, like in November, December, I go to Central and South America. I look at the cities that we're going to be working with. I look at the congregations. I look at the neighborhoods. I look at the places that we're going to be eating, where we're going to be staying. You see, I, I'm a daddy too. I raised three kids, and now I have grandkids. Did I mention I've got three grandkids coming up this year? Going to be born this year? Three. I'm excited. You see, and I've worked as a youth minister for over 30 years. I've traveled with young people all over the southeast. Safety is high priority. We're going to take care of our kids. They're my kids when I get them on that trip. They're my daughters and my sons. And we take care of our kids. We load the bus that has been reserved for our team from the airport. We get on our buses and we go to the hotel. The hotels are a lot different from the Bob Bryson days. Many times in the many years back, they were sleeping in tents, on air mattresses, on the floor, uh, wherever they could find a place. But Central and South America has really become a lot more modern than it used to be. And so now we're able to stay in nice hotels. We have nice beds to sleep on. Most of the time we have hot and cold running water. No guarantee of that, okay? But <laughs> some, most of the time we have it. And so... We have that available. The next morning we get up and we load our buses and we're going off to the, the congregation that we're going to be working with so that we can go to work. We get to a place and this is the congregation or building that we're going to be working with. You know, in 2019 is when I went to Watcho, Peru. That's where this building is located. I went there in, I believe it was November of 2019. 18, 2018 for the 2019 campaigns, that building did not exist there. It was an open yard, and it was full of rocks and, and debris, and just, it, it looked bad. The building was caving in. Now, in Peru, it doesn't rain very much, so they didn't have a roof on the building. That's kind of normal. They had cardboard over the, because it doesn't rain. But it looked pretty bad. And I said, well, we're going to have to do something so we have a place to meet. He said, if I could get $4,000, I could get all this cleaned up and we could have a place to meet. So I looked at the budget and I worked the numbers and, okay, gave him the $4,000. In, Ju in July when we showed up, that's what was sitting there. And I went, how did you do that for $4,000? He said, oh, we had the building. It was disassembled from the other location that we were at. All we needed was to clean up everything and pour the concrete slab. We did that, and now we have a church building. That was a major relief to me. We were able to worship there and, and, and get our groups together for our meetings and all, and it helped a lot. When we're in a, uh, go to a congregation, someone from the congregation, of course, usually it's the preacher, he is already planned out the route that we're going to be working, the area that we're going to be working, of the city. So he takes a city map and he draws off the sections and we divide the teams up to go into different sections so that we're not door knocking on top of each other. We can tell where we've been and what we've done. We can give him uh, addresses that way of where the person is located when uh, it's after we leave and he has to go uh, talk to the people. 
Then we divide up, of course, in evangelism teams. The evangelism teams is uh, one of our men, a gospel preacher, an elder, deacon, Bible class teacher, daddy. He is in charge of his evangelism team. The evangelism team has uh, the teacher, it has the tra- a translator. Every team has its own translator. Every team has a female. Now, why is that? You see, this is kind of, this Central America is very similar to the way, the way it was in the 60s when I was big, growing up. You know, dads would go off to work every day. Mamas would stay home and they'd cook their lunches and for everybody, take care of the children. That's pretty much what's going on down there. Mamas are at home taking care of the children and cooking lunch every day. And so we go into a home with a bunch of guys we really don't feel comfortable going in on a woman by herself. She doesn't feel comfortable with us doing it. But if we take one of you ladies with us, we feel comfortable. She feels comfortable. We can sit down together. We can study God's word together. So a female is in every group. And then our young people then are divided up into groups so that we can go and we can all work together as a team. Qualified men to teach, qualified women to teach our ladies classes, and our VBS classes. We have our bilingual worship service on the Lord's Day. We are to worship in spirit and truth. That means we all need to understand what's going on. So we have a lesson usually on on the Lord's Day on Sunday morning in English, taught by one of our teachers. And it's translated into Spanish so the Spanish brethren can... learn and study with us and worship the Lord. So we worship together on the first day of the week, and then after lunch, we're out into the field to work, where we're teaching the gospel from house to house. Everyone is given a job to do on these campaigns. It's something for everybody. That job could be sitting next to the person uh, and helping them flip in their Bible, where the passage of Scripture is, taking notes, taking care of the children, uh, teaching the class, whatever. We have jobs for everybody that are on the teams. And it's so exciting uh, to be able to go and to meet all the new people. You're meeting your team members, getting to know them, and you're meeting the people of Latin America. Now, sometimes the terrain is kind of rough, and you have to climb some hills. uh, But you know what? That just makes it a little bit more exciting. You come back with some major stories that are sometimes kind of funny. We were in services one night. The preacher had just extended the invitation. The group was singing the invitation song. And then after the invitation song, he asked everybody to remain standing, and he does another invitation. They do usually two or three invitations there. And then after that, he said everybody that would like to respond to the invitation, remain standing, everybody else sit down. So we got a few people standing in the audience. And he goes back to each one of them and talks to them right then. And this one person said, I want to study more. Well, he turned and looked at the group, and he said, this person wants to study more. Who will do it? Can anybody tell me whose hand went up first? You're right, the young people. The young people's hand up in the air in a hurry because, you see, they had been trained They have the enthusiasm, the excitement. They have been given the knowledge, the training, and they are ready to go to work. 
Our young people took this person in the back room with their adult leader and began to teach the class. We finished up the services. We took our visitors home on the buses. We came back about an hour later. We got everybody together, loaded them up on the bus, and we went to the hotel. But we had an appointment for the next day for this group to study with this person again. Our young people are excited about doing this kind of work. Our ladies are doing a phenomenal job teaching in our VBS classes. They're teaching, sometimes it's in the church building, sometimes it's in public schools. But they get our young girls, our young ladies involved in the teaching so that they're training them how to teach a a children's classes, how to teach a VBS class, how to work with the the, uh, lesson, how to work with the take-homes, how to work with the color crayons and, and whatever arts and crafts you've got. So that these young ladies know how to teach a class. One of the things they work with is how to handle crowd control. You know, when you're dealing with sometimes a hundred kids that'll come to our VBS classes, uh, it takes a lot of our ladies working together to make that happen. And they do a phenomenal job. Sometimes it's just taking care of the baby. And that's a pretty hard job, isn't it? Yeah, that's an exciting job to do. We go out into communities, we'll go into the park, and our girls will start singing. And before long, the children start coming and gathering around. And they sit down right there, and they'll have a Bible study with them. And they're so excited. You know, when our kids get a, a piece of paper and a color crayon, it's really not that big a deal, right? Well, when they get it in Central and South America, it's just like it's Christmas morning. They're so excited that they have been given a crayon. And when they get to make things and take them home, they are just really excited about it. And it's, it's just amazing to see them. But our young girls, and they get involved with the singing of the songs for the children. Uh, this song here, I bet everyone knows it. I'm all wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, right? Right? These girls are doing a great job with that. Uh, this is a story of uh, Jonah. He and the whale or the big fish is about to swallow. And they had ropes tied. You can see them on the floor. And this thing was pulled over a person and he swallowed. It was really neat. That's just a little tent they made. But they get involved with these classes, teaching uh, wherever they can find a spot. This year we were able to go into public high school and teach a Bible lesson. And afterwards we had a question and answer session where these kids could ask questions. We were preferring they asked biblical questions. And they did a little bit, but they asked a lot of political questions. It was kind of funny, but we had a good class with them. You know, sometimes the, the mothers will bring the small children to VBS class. And they'll stand around and they'll watch and see what's going on. Well, we have ladies available who can sit down with these mothers and have a, a ladies' Bible class while their children are in the VBS class going on at the same time. So we are able to teach in many different areas. And then each night we have a, a what we call here in the United States a gospel meeting. They call it the campaign service, where most of the time it's in Spanish. This particular one, by the way, Webster is teaching in English with a translator because they requested it. But there is a a class going on in the auditorium. There's a teenager, a young people's class going on uh, outside somewhere, maybe a tent we've set up, and that's in English with a Spanish translator. And then we have children's 
classes going on at the same time. So we're all learning uh, in different areas of the, uh, the building or the, the grounds that we're working on at the same time each night after we've door knocked all, all, week, uh, all day long. Now one of the things I like to do in these campaigns is of course we have one of our preachers who is teaching a class. And he's given a time limit. This is what, how, what we want you to teach, and this is how long we want you to teach. But we want you to stop, and it's usually 15 minutes early. Why do we do that? Because we have a question and answer session at that 15-minute point. You see, these kids have been door knocking all day, and they've been going into homes, and they've been studying with these people, and sometimes you'll run into a question that you don't know how to answer. Well, they're allowed to throw it out here during this, this session, and these preachers are able to help them with book, chapter, and verse on how to find it and how to answer the question. So they can be prepared tomorrow to go back and to study with these people. The kids are really loving this session of it, and they're learning so much from it. Teaching uh, each night in our teen class, and many souls are being baptized into Christ because of the work that's being done here. And it's an exciting time when you're able to go to someone's house, you get in, you sit down, and you study with them, and you go back several times during the week, and you're spending many hours with these families, and then they're ready to be baptized into Christ. It's a good feeling. God is blessing this work. Each, each morning, we have our devotional period, and we have a team meeting that happened to be the building inside that building from Watcho. We give our young men opportunities to lead singing and do devotional talks so that they're learning how to stand in front of the public and to present lessons and sing songs and, and lead prayers so that when they come back to your congregation, they're able to help you out in those areas too. These young people work together all week long. And you know what? They become friends. They become very good friends for life. Matter of fact, I, I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, we started this program this way in 2010. In February, two of my translators, one from Costa Rica and one from Panama, got married. That's the sixth wedding since 2010. Young people meeting on the mission field have a common faith, a common desire, and they get to know each other, spend more time together, and getting married. You know, when I was, was raising my kids, one of the things that my wife and I had a goal was to, for my children to marry faithful Christians. This is one way for our kids can have opportunities to meet people who are faithful Christians. And they become friends for life. They're t everywhere we go, we go to Polishing the Pulpit or Exposure Youth Camp or Freed Hardeman Lectures or wherever it might be. They're calling each other. They're Facebooking each other. Who's going to be there? Where can we meet? Can we go out to eat? Can we just spend some time together? Who's going on next year's campaign? They've worked all week together. They came in individually. They came in youth groups. They came in by families. They've divided into teams and, and evangelized and worked together all week. And now, they are a family. 
a family that is bonded close together, one that loves to spend time together. They are a family, the family of God. The last day, after our work is completed, we're going back into the main city to fly out home on Friday. We take them some type of a tour day, give them time to buy some souvenirs, uh, give them a chance to go visit something like in Panama, maybe the Panama Canal or, or whatever. But we give them one day, and it's usually our travel day, back to the main city. This is the uh, Andes Mountains in Peru, and it had a set of stairs right there. And I put this picture in there because I climbed up about four or five of those stairs, and so I want to let everybody know that I've climbed the Andes. Yeah, it made me feel good. <laughs> but anyway, the kids, they loved it. They loved it very much. The last night is our banquet time. We come together. We have a really nice meal, but we have a microphone. And we give the kids an opportunity to talk. Whatever you want to talk about, what were some of the effects that happened to you on the, on the week of working what are some of the funny stories? And we have some really funny stories a lot of times. When they come into country for the first time, sometimes I'll ask them, what is your expectation of the Yes To campaign? And if I've got 50 people, I've got 50 different answers. But on that last night at this banquet, I asked, what's the worst thing about Yes To? Did you know I get the same answer? Every time, every person, every campaign. The worst thing about yes to is having to go home. Mr. Spin, we don't want to go home. We want to stay. We want to go back and work some more. Mr. Spin, you remember, you remember last night at the service? You remember that couple that came and sat on the second row? Yeah, I saw them. Mr. Spin, those people, we studied with them all week long. They came for the first time last night. We have been studying with them for hours this week. They are this close to obeying the gospel. Mr. Spin, if we would just go back, we can study with them one more time and they'll be baptized. Well, did you leave their name and address and phone number and email and all that with a preacher? Yeah, we did that. Well, he's going to follow up. Mr. Spin, you don't understand. We want to do it. You see, the kids that you sent to me to work with the Yes too are not the same kids that we're sending back to you. Their hearts are changed. Their lives are changed. They're new people. They have been renewed, refreshed. And they're ready to go to work for your congregation. They are excited about working for the cause of Christ. They've been trained. They know what to do. It can help build your congregation up. They want to do it. 2019, we've had 758 studies this year. 23 baptisms and 8 restorations. Now folks, I want you to really think about those numbers just a minute. Because that's working with a bunch of young people. 
and their adult leaders. Working with a bunch of young people. In 2010 to 2019, 226 baptisms, 81 restorations. Working with a bunch of young people and their adult leaders. To God be the glory for the Yes To work, the Latin America work of the Lord's church. That we can take the message of Jesus Christ. It's not me. We work as a team. We come from everywhere and our adult leaders are coming back every year to help us. Some of them have been working with me for 10 years. And so they know how to work it. They know how to train young people. And they're doing a great job. But it's because you're sending me your kids. And they're good kids. And they have a desire to learn and to do God's work. The question tonight is, will you answer the call? Will you come and go with us? Will you help us financially? Whatever you can do, we need your help some way. We've got to have adults to go with it. You can't take kids without adults. I need adults to go with me on campaigns. I need these young people to go with us on campaigns so we can teach more people. Will you answer the call? You know, the world is lost in sin. And it's been placed, the gospel has been placed in our hands. And we have the responsibility, we have the obligation but brothers and sisters, when we think about it, we have the privilege. We have the privilege of taking the message of Jesus Christ to the lost and dying world. The God Almighty, the creator of all, has given us that charge to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we ought to be honored that he asked you and he asked me to do that. The answer is placed in our hands Will we answer the call? The invitation is being extended tonight for anyone who is subject in any way. This lesson is, is not a typical sermon. But it might have touched your heart or, or you've been thinking about something this week where you have realized that you have pulled yourself away from God and it's time to come back. Or maybe that you have never obeyed the gospel, never been baptized to have your sins washed away. We're ready to, here tonight to help you to do that so you can have your sins washed away and you can be living a Christian life, serving the Lord. If you're subject in any way, won't you come while together we stand and we sing?